I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone, and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilize the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. I'm Guy Barter and welcome to Gardening with the RHS. Today's show starts in the stunning countryside of Scotland as we're visiting Cambo Gardens in Fife. Renowned for its snowdrop collection, the garden boasts over 350 varieties and it's singing from now through February and into March. So let's head on a tour of their winter garden with Lady Catherine Erskine, a trustee and the person who built up the Snowdrop Collection. The Winter Garden is outside the Walled Garden. It's less formal than the Walled Garden. And I suppose when we started, we thought of it more as a woodland garden. And it is semi-woodland. But actually, a lot of the plants that shine in the middle of the winter don't necessarily need a woodland setting. The winter garden really comes into its own from late autumn. Um, by January, it's really beginning to sparkle. The early snowdrops are up, but the main season of snowdrops, the specialist and the ordinary snowdrops in the woods, is February. Why I decided to collect snowdrops? Just because we had so many snowdrops here. We have acres of snowdrops. And then I soon discovered that other people were growing specialist snowdrops, so I started collecting those. And then once we'd started a collection, we almost needed a shop front for them. We, we needed a, somewhere to set them off, so they looked at their best. And so we created the Winter Garden. A description of a snowdrop. Almost too well known to need a description, but like a white bell and three outer petals, longer white outer petals, smaller petals inside, and those generally have green marks on them, but they can be very variable. And in some languages known as a milk flower, a snowbell, maybe that gives some description. We've got an enormous collection of specialist snowdrops, but I can give you some names of some of the ones that are particularly my favourites. There's Colossus, which is a giant in early January. Comet is a particularly magnificent large-flowered snowdrop with lovely grey leaves. Magnet, and that's always a reliable flower with heads swinging on an elongated pedestal. The stem is elongated. Rosemary burnum, that's a very reliable green virescent snowdrop. That means it's got green marks on the outside of the petal. So that's just a few sample.
Well, I think we all need winter gardens to keep us going through the winter. The winters in Scotland in particular and also in England are long. And if we pack up our gardening tools in October and don't emerge until March, that's a large chunk of the year. So it's lovely to have something that draws you out of the house to walk around, to look, to see what's coming. Our winter garden stands out from others, I think, probably because the variety of plants we put in it. We've stopped looking for things that come with a label as being winter flowering or of interest in the winter. If you just look at your plants in your garden and you see plants that are just looking good in the winter and then start putting them together to make a tapestry, you can end up with some very interesting plants And it doesn't always have to be the leaves that are there in the winter. It can be the buds that are emerging. For example, the species peonies have wonderful red buds. The perennial honesty comes out of the ground with gorgeous deep purple leaves. So one can be using other things in this tapestry. I like snowdrops because it's wonderful. It's the end of of one autumn and the start of the next year. Even in November, there's some of the early snowdrops flowering and then as soon as we turn into January, the snowdrops are coming and they're very clearly growing and you're on to the next spring. A sign of hope is exactly what snowdrops are. They're the symbol of hope. Lady Catherine Erskine. If you're considering travelling to visit a garden please make sure you follow government guidelines and keep your journey as short and local as possible. Catherine's love for snowdrops has really inspired me to make this week's show focus solely on these delicate plants. We'll hear about how to care for them from an RHS advisor and in a moment we'll visit a nursery who specialise in them. I love snowdrops and for a number of years I've bought quite a large amount every spring but now they've multiplied into a vast swathe around parts of my garden. In fact, I went down to have a look at them just now before the podcast and adored their little spikes coming up through the cold, dark, wet soil. My sister's come to gardening quite late in life and I've been trying to boost her interest in snowdrops. Happily, her birthday falls in February, so a very acceptable present seems to be a box of snowdrops in the green for her to plant in her Dorset garden. But myself and Lady Catherine aren't the only galamphophiles out there. Jane Rowlandson runs Morlass Plants, a nursery in Shropshire, and she has a passion for snowdrops and rare garden bulbs. What I love about snowdrops is they flower during the very dark, cold winter months. And it gives you hope that spring is on the way. Sometimes, like a lot of people, I get very down during these months and you don't want to go outside. But if you just get your coat on, get your hat on, your wellies on and you nip outside, there is going to be a little jewel out there flowering. Right now, it's a really dull, grey, wet day here. Yet if I go in the garden, I'll have at least three or four varieties that are flowering now. And I can go and have a walk around the garden and just check how they're all doing and enjoy them and I think it's that that really makes me love them and also the fact that a lot of people don't realise that they're probably the first flower that some bees and insects are going to encounter during those 
called dark months. So they're a really very necessary plant. It's amazing if you get a bit of sun in the winter, how many insects will actually be out there on the snowdrops, feeding off the snowdrops. If everybody had a little clump in the garden, there's probably a lot of insects and bees that would do much better in the world. To go with your snowdrops, there's beautiful plants like Chimnanthus, the winter sweet, which smells beautiful to attract insects. Daphnes are another one with their beautiful pink flowers, creating scent in the garden. Hamamelis, witch hazels, are perfect shrubs in which to plant snowdrops under. So you have beautiful witch hazel flowers of yellow or orange, and then underneath it, carpets of snowdrops and pink cyclamencum. If you just had one area of your garden where you just put that combination in, you'd be out there every day to look at it. Snowdrops that you see in the wild have symbiotic relationships with the plants that grow around them. So if you went to Turkey to see Glanthusawesii growing in the wild, they'd be growing in amongst tree roots and ferns. And Glanthus novalis, the common snowdrop in the UK, you see them growing in woodlands and in fields along hedges as well. And they thrive the most when they've got a symbiotic relationship with another plant. So in gardens, we sometimes can't always provide those conditions. So we've found that if we use a mycorrhizal fungi when we're planting the snowdrops in the ground, they then make a connection with a plant, say a hellebore next door. It's been proven that the mycorrhizal fungi helps the snowdrop establish itself in the soil. The mycorrhizal fungi are easily available you only need a small amount when you're planting and the, the macrose fungi needs to touch the roots of the plant. So it'd only be, be best to use it if you're planting the bulbs in the green. So just a tiny amount on each root will help the plant to uh, settle into its surroundings. I've used it in planting mine outside and I've found that it has made a difference. That and a good quality soil and compost as well. The other thing that most people don't realise is that how scented snowdrops actually are. If you particularly bring them into the warmth of the house, they're very scented, some of them. Some are almonds, smell of almonds, sweet almonds, some smell of violets. I sometimes forget myself until I start packing them for my customers and I bring them in to pack them and you can just smell them and they smell wonderful. I think they really do lift my mood. I mean, I get SAD and I say if I, some days I don't want to go outside, but just knowing that a special snowdrop might be flowering for the first time or a seedling might be flowering for the first time, that first step outside the door to go and see that first plant makes you walk around the rest of the garden and the next thing you've been out there for an hour and you feel so much better for getting out there and looking what's going on. SAD is seasonal affective disorder and it's very common for people to have during the winter months when it's very dark in the mornings and very dark at the night. It's being unable to cope with the low light levels. That's what I find. There's no sun to give you a, a boost. It just makes me feel very down and I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. But just by going outside, it really gives me a boost. Without snowdrops, I don't think I get through the winter months. They really do lift a garden. Most people think gardens stop in October. 
but if you came and saw my garden in January with the cyclamen and the snowdrops all in flower, you just go, wow, look at that. I didn't realise there was so much colour and so much life going on in the garden. I think it's important these days to try and make our gardens work all year round for ourselves, for animals, birds and insects. Jane Rowlandson. It's worth saying that although they're synonymous with parts of Britain, snowdrops aren't native to the British Isles. They're actually from southeastern Europe and only came here in the late 16th century. It took them hundreds of years to become a wild plant. So, what if you want to create a snowdrop display to brighten your garden in the colder months? Here's RHS gardening advisor Nikki Barker with some key snowdrop tips. Snowdrops are beautiful and they look quite fragile, don't they, with their nodding white heads and they have very delicate green markings inside depending on what cultivar they are. And they have those just nodding heads with very elegant grey, silvery green leaves and I think they are beautiful and they're the type of plant that actually we, we want to bend down and look at, to look at the inside, because the the inside of the snowdrop is, is fantastic. So you bend down and you just bend the flower up to you and have a look at all those fabulous markings. I think they are truly wonderful genus of bulb, yes. Snowdrops you can buy as bulbs in packets now. If you do buy them like that, then plant them straight away because snowdrop bulbs do have a tendency to dry out quite quickly. So you might want to think about buying them in the green, which is a term that we use for them being potted and you're buying them when they're already growing. That way you're planting them in the spring and they often actually are more successful planted like that. You can also very often in garden centres get quite a bargain buying them after they finish flowering. So they've been reduced. Buy them then. Plant them then. You won't get any flowers until the following year, but that is the best time to plant them. They get established very quickly and you probably have more success planting them that way. If you plant them now, they do like a very moist soil generally somewhere in partial shade. So they're great for under trees, which is very often where we see them, isn't it? In, in woodland, naturally, they'll be growing under deciduous trees very often. So plant them somewhere where it's moist, but well-drained. They don't like to be sitting in wet soil, but they do like quite a lot of moisture. If you've got a very dry, sandy soil that tends to dry out and get very hot in the summer, I would say maybe don't plant snowdrops because that is the one thing that they don't really like. Plant them in drifts to get the best effect. You want a drift of soil, so it's like a carpet of nodding white heads that you can just walk around. Obviously, that takes quite a lot of bulbs to do that. But what you can do is just start some off and then as they bulk up over a period of time, over a couple of years, in the spring, when they finish flowering and the foliage is starting to yellow, you can just dig some up, 
divide them into smaller clumps and then move them to other areas that you want them to naturalize in and that way you'll get just bigger and bigger drifts of snowdrops and the more you have in in that type of situation the more amazing they look and they're a real herald of spring aren't they when you see this first snowdrop you think there's light at the end of the winter tunnel I'm nearly there and so I think they make us all feel quite positive that it will be warm and sunny again quite soon snowdrops don't generally have many problems to be honest there's not a sort of diseases or pests that you need to worry about except the big pest which is squirrels squirrels do love a snowdrop bulb obviously if you've got drifts and drifts of snowdrops squirrels digging a few up is neither here nor there but if you've just planted some in the autumn that seems to be when they love them those freshly planted bulbs that you've just bought they love that which is another reason to maybe plant them in the spring in the green because they've got more time to get established and the squirrels are less likely to dig them up at that point. They're very keen on digging them up in the autumn. There's very little you can do to stop squirrels digging up bulbs. So maybe think if I'm going to plant 20 snowdrop bulbs, I should plant 30 because the squirrels will have have the rest. Thanks, Nikki. Well, that's it for this week's show. If you'd like to find out more about all things Galanthus related, head over to our programme page at rhs.org.uk forward slash podcast. It's goodbye from me, Guy Barter. Until next time. I'm walking down the path in my garden and I have a suggestion for you on how you could help with global warming. With a large lawn, I found a simple way of making a big difference. I sold my ride-on mower and bought a top-of-the-range Cress robotic lawnmower. It runs off rechargeable batteries and uses cutting-edge technology to mow and maintain a lawn this size. The petrol mower has gone and with it, the emissions. I actually don't know why I didn't sell the ride-on sooner. With the Cress robotic lawnmower, the lawn is actually looking better. The tiny grass cuttings fall into the grass roots, helping to fertilise the grass. And the family doesn't have to put up with the noise and fumes from the ride-on. And I've freed up more of my time to spend with them and in the garden. It's an easy step. And you could also be making that change today. Ask for Cress in your local garden machinery dealer. Or visit cress.com. Discover the beauty of an RHS membership all year round. Save 25% off an RHS membership today when paying by direct debit. Prices start at just £55.50. With a membership, you'll gain access to an array of special events at our gardens all year round. Be the first to know about RHS flower shows and get exclusive member-only days plus reduced rate tickets. And you'll have the chance to enhance your gardening know-how with access to free expert garden advice, monthly editions of The Garden magazine, and so much more. Terms and conditions apply.